Hey, it's a treat to be with you guys. Look forward to this. Been here many, many times over the last 40 plus years. And it's been fun to see the development of this campus. But I want to jump right into it because time is short and we do stop on time. So I'm going to jump into what I believe is truly the most important subject matter that I could ever speak to any group about. In fact, I never, and I, I can say this pretty clearly, unless I'm required to, when I'm with an audience for the first time, I never give anything but just teaching. It's that important to me. It is the single most important thing I believe that I ever learned when I was about your age. And it will make a difference. Not, my not the way I'm giving it necessarily, but the truth of what I'm sharing, okay? So we're gonna jump right into it. All right, I'm gonna lay a foundation. Uh, this is very simple, you know this, but I wanna make sure we're all on the same page. Two kinds of people in this world according to the Bible. Let's all make sure we agree with this. There are two kinds of people. There's the natural and there is the spiritual, all right? The natural person is in a person called Adam, the first of creation, all right? So they are called in Adam. We're in his likeness. Those that are going to be in Adam have, does anybody know how many natures in Adam that a person has? One nature. That's important to know. We have one nature. Isn't this a Christian college? Where are we at? All right, spiritual people. Spiritual people are in Christ, right? We talk about him being in Christ, in the likeness of Christ, in the righteousness of Christ. Now, can you tell me this? How many natures does a Christian have? If a, if a natural person has one nature, how many does the Christian have? Two, you're brilliant, way to go. All right, two certainties about the spiritual person. Forget now the natural person. Let's think about the spiritual person, which would probably represent virtually all or most of you that are here, at least. Real Christians, spiritual people, in Christ, two natures. Two things true about them. Two certainties. Number one, got to know this, sealed with the Holy Spirit. Ephesians 1.13, after hearing the gospel and understanding it, it says you are sealed with the Holy Spirit of promise, meaning the Holy Spirit at that time comes into the life captures that heart and now resides there forever if a true believer forever and ever in life okay so that is sealed with the spirit here's the other thing that's a certainty if you are a spiritual person you are capable but that's the key word capable of being filled with the spirit so you have sealed yes all filled F-I-L-L-E-D, maybe, can be, capable for sure. A lot of texts talk about this. Ephesians chapter 5, 18, don't be drunk with wine, but be filled with the Holy Spirit. There it is. You go to the book of Romans in chapter 8, it says that those who are led by the Spirit, same idea, led by the Spirit, they are the true children of God. Then also Galatians 5, 16, those who walk by the Spirit, they will not carry out, anybody know what it says from that point? They will not carry out what? Deeds of the flesh, very important, or the desires of the flesh. What do you mean? How about hate? When you got a problem hating somebody who wrongs you, who hurts you deeply, and you resent them and you say, I hate this person. And then you realize that, you know what? 
I'm not supposed to, but I hate people. I don't know how to deal with them. How about despair? Any of you have despair? That actually is a deed of the flesh. It really is. Where you find yourself hopeless, apathetic. You find yourself saying life's circumstances are crushing me and I'm, I'm in despair. Where the Bible would say, you know, actually you should be having joy. Instead of hate, you should be having love. Or how about anxiety? That's a deed of the flesh. How many of us find ourselves laying awake at night? We're so anxious, it just feels like we're going to die. Can't stand it. And then we realize the Bible says, oh, no, have peace. You should be at peace. And we go, I don't get that. We read then in Galatians 5, I just referred to it, the, but in Galatians 5 it says, the fruit of the Spirit, it says, is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, and so forth. Do you hear that? Love, joy, peace. It says it is the fruit of God's Spirit. That is interesting. I talk to people all the time. They say, I can't love. I'm talking to a married couple. And I say, well, you know, the scriptures say as you're a Christian, you should love your wife. I can't love my wife. I've tried to love my wife. I can't love my wife. I'll guarantee you this. There's going to be a good percentage of people here. One day you'll marry, and there'll be a day, a good percentage will say, I can't love her. I can't love her impossible that person when I'm sitting with them I say let me ask you a question you're a Christian oh yeah I love the Lord I'm a Christian you're a Christian then don't ever say you can't love why don't you say I won't love or maybe even better yet I don't know how to love I've yet to discover the ability to love someone like that person I cannot do it now I'm convinced that most Christians are powerless. We don't, have, we don't have any more power than the rest of the world has. We have willpower. The world has willpower. We might have a little bit more willpower, but let me tell you, it's not a big difference. It's just like the world. We don't have power. I was uh, coming into our church a number of years ago, and one of our staff, security staff, came around riding up on a bicycle. And I looked at this man, I said, my goodness, I didn't know him that well, but I said, I'm impressed. Did you come to work on a bicycle? He said, oh, yeah, I do every day. Where do you live? And he told me, I said, are you kidding me? I know how far that is, and I know the terrain. That's tough. And I look at him, he didn't look like he was in outstanding physical condition. And I look at him, and I say, I'm impressed. He said, don't be. And I said, why? He said, look at my bike. I look over his bike, handlebars, pedals. I say, hey, what about it? It looks a little sturdier than most. He says, you see that little box down there by the pedals? I say, yeah, that's a motor. <laughs> he said, I have a switch up here. When I hit a hill, I just hit that motor. <laughs> he said, it's not that hard. I walked away from that, and I said, therein lies the great story of the Christian faith. What do you and I do? We wake up in the morning, and we say, God, I'm yours. I want to serve you today. I'll be faithful, and we see that first mountain, that temptation, that hill of temptation, and we go, I can't make it, uh, but I've got to. And we give it everything we can, and we can't make it. And we try it again. The next one, we say, I'm so sorry, God, when I hit that hill of temptation tomorrow, I will, I will, I will. And we try again, we can't. And then the next day, we say, God, I'm so sorry, I will try harder. And we give it everything we got, and finally, we get off, we say, I can't. I cannot overcome that temptation. 
never understanding that there is a sense, in a sense, a switch that says, hey, use the power that you have available to you, and it will not be so difficult. You'll find it'll take you right up through that temptation. There are three words in the book of Romans. You don't even have to turn there, but I want you to listen. Listen to the words of this text. Romans chapter 6 gives us the answer. I'm not going to read every verse, but enough that you'll understand. There are three words. I'm telling you these three words have served me like no three words in life. You've got to remember these three words. The first word is the word no, K-N-O-W, no. Number two is consider, and the third is present. You've got to know those words. Put them to memory. Use them every day. I'll explain when I end. But here's the first word is the word no. In fact, I'm going to put the words know and consider somewhat together because we're talking about the idea of remembering. There's some things we have to remember to walk in the Spirit, to be filled with His Spirit. The first one has to do, and the second, with an informed mind, what we believe. So the word know. Here's what it says in verse 3. Listen to the, to the words. Or do you not know that all of us who have been baptized into Christ Jesus have been baptized into His death? Verse 6, knowing this, that our old self was crucified with him in order that our body of sin might be done away with so that we would no longer be slaves to sin. Verse 9, knowing that Christ having been raised from the dead is never to die again, death no longer is master over him. Do you know what he's saying? You've got to know these things. That What? You've got to know that you have died. You have literally been separated from an old nature. You've got to know that you've been buried with Christ, baptized with him. You've been united with Jesus' spirit. There's the filling or, or the sealing of the Holy Spirit. And you've got to know that you've been raised to a whole new quality of life, capable of living a brand new life. He said, if you don't know that and you walk into life and say, okay, God, I surrender, I surrender, I surrender, and you don't know the reality of what's going on, what God has done on your behalf, we don't utilize what we have. So the idea of have to know hey there's a that verse six that i read is important when it goes like this knowing this that our old self was crucified with him that our body of sin might be done away with so that we would no longer be slaves to sin now people don't understand the christian community i can ask virtually any evangelical bible believing church and i can say hey let me ask you this uh Knowing this, that our old self was crucified with him. I said, who's the old self? If I had time, I'd listen to the audience. I'd hear all the wrong answer. You know what I'd hear? The old nature. It's not the old nature. The old self is Randy before he became a Christian. It's you before you became a Christian. You'll never see me again as a pagan. You may see me sin, but you're not going to see me as a lost person sinning. That is the old self literally crucified. And then it says that our body of sin, there's your old nature that our body of sin, it says, might be done away with. Well, most of our Bibles read rendered powerless. And we don't understand. We think, okay, it's gone. Oh, no, it's not. That old nature is very, very real. I use the illustration like this, my hands. Here is me or you. Here is my nature or your nature. When we come into this world, we're conceived, and it's like this. We are together as one, inseparable. That's why it says we are slaves to our sin and it's referring to sin nature in the Greek there. So it's a, I'm, I'm literally like this. But then it says, I died to sin. Well, what happens in death? Death is separation. Boom! Now they're separated. Forever and ever and ever they're separated. But then it says, I'm buried with Christ. I'm united with him. I'm baptized with him. I don't have another arm, but pretend this one is still here. 
And this third hears the Spirit of God, and this is what it does. Boom! And now I'm sealed with the Holy Spirit forever and ever and ever to be raised to newness of life. Best way I can probably make that understandable is the whole idea of a, of a pirate ship. And think about a pirate ship has an old wicked captain, Captain Jones. Everybody hates Jones. He is just the meanest, the worst. And, and finally, there's mutiny. They say, well, enough's enough. They grab him out of their out of his cabin one night they're going to make him walk the plank they've already determined that captain smith would be the new captain they put put this new smith guy he'll be the, he's a good man we'll make him the new captain and so as he's about to walk the plank the new captain smith says no 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 don't do that pull him back off well why well because he's harmless what's he going to do to us he can argue he can scream he can yell he can do whatever he wants but he has no authority he cannot require us to do anything we're going to be at port in three days. Let him walk the ship. Who cares? Doesn't matter. So the new captain says, look, three days rest. We'll be at port. We'll put him out, and we'll be on our way. But just rest. No more work. Well, they're laying around playing cards and whatever. And here comes the old Captain Jones around the corner. He sees a group sitting there just sleeping and playing cards or whatever, and he says, get up and clean the deck right now jump up and grab their mops and they're just working and they're sweating and next thing you know here comes the new captain smith he says what are you guys doing why are you working do you want to do this oh no but captain jones said and smith says to him you do not have to listen to him what are you doing rest the whole idea that's the idea of to know consider is the second word it's found in verse 11 and it simply reads this way, even so, consider yourselves to be dead to sin, but alive to Jesus Christ. Now, what does that word consider mean? It means to reckon or take into account. It's a financial term that's used here. And the whole idea is it says, look, you've got to go back and consider that you've died, that you've been united with Jesus, you've been raised up. You need to think about it or to make it simple. I've been an avid tennis player for years and years. And I played at a fairly high level, and so I'm playing a, a, a tennis match, and I'm playing with a guy maybe that I'm not, you know, I shouldn't lose to, and I get beat, and I'm, I know it's because of my backhand, and I don't know what was going on with it. Uh, I'm just like, what is it? What is it? What is it? I go take a shower after the match, and I'm sitting there thinking, how, what was wrong? And all of a sudden, I go, oh my goodness, look where I had my racket head on my, on my backhand. <laughs> what was I thinking? Of course, that's why. Now, did I learn something new while in the shower? No. I've known that for years and years. But I considered something that I was not taking into account. I knew it. I just hadn't considered it. And that takes us to the third and final word. It's the word surrender or, or present. And that refers to surrender. First, you have to remember, and then you surrender. That's as simple as I can make it. You leave out either one, you lose it. Surrender. It's a, it's a surrendered heart. Verse 13 puts it this way. And do not go on presenting the members of your body to sin as instruments of unrighteousness, but present yourselves to God as those alive from the dead and your members as instruments of righteousness to God. All right? Members of my body? What are you talking about? How about my eyes, what I look at? My ears, what I listen to? My mouth, what I say? My hands, what I do? My feet, where I go? My mind, what I believe, embrace? My heart, where my 
perfection does. Because you know, here's what you do. Once you know those things, now you just got to surrender. Consider what you know and surrender. Give them to him. And as you take them back and you sin, say, oh, God, uh-uh, I remember now, and I now surrender. Here's my heart again. I just looked at that, and I wasn't supposed to, but I give you my eyes. I give them back. I give you my heart, my affection for you. Search us. Please forgive us. Empower me now. I remember now. I surrender. When you think about surrender, the best way I can probably illustrate it is when I was about your your ages, I was in college, there was a man in my, in my life that uh, I watched, and he was maybe 40, 42, 3, I don't know. But I saw this man, and he lived a godly life like I'd seen very few, if anybody, live. It was like he was a dead man being saved. He just lived for Jesus. I finally, I said, look, I, I'm battling this and struggling to get over that and trying to be obedient here, and I watch you, and you're not that much older than me. Tell me, what is the secret? I don't understand. How do you do that? He looked at me and he said, do you do push-ups? Well, I do. I've done push-ups for years and years and years. Every day I do push-ups. I said, yeah, I do push-ups. He said, what's the max number of push-ups that you can do? I mean the true max. And I gave him the number, what I thought would be truly the max. He said, all right, let's assume that is your true max. In other words, you couldn't do one more than that. That's it. Imagine that I said, I want to see you do those push-ups, and here's going to be my commitment, and I have the capability of doing it. I'm going to give you a million dollars if you can do one more than that number. I gave you, I gave you a million dollars. Would you try? Even though you knew that was not your max, you couldn't do that much? Oh, yeah, I'd try. I said, probably adrenaline would kick in. I could maybe get an extra one in. So he says, okay, let's do it. And so I do those push-ups, and I get down to that last number, and I'm just hurting and hurting, and finally that last one, I go, and I'm thrilled. I get a million dollars. He leans over and he says, five million if you can do one more. He said, would you try? Well, of course I'd try. He said, and let me tell you what would happen if that truly was the number, was your max. And you did somehow pull off one more. You know what would happen? This is what would happen. You'd give it a shot, and about the time you bent your elbows, your chest would hit the ground just like that. And you'd look up at me, and you'd say, I can. And then he said to me, when you come to that place in your Christian life, where as it has to do with obedience, that you say, I can. I know I can. But by your power, I can. It looked like this with an employee years ago that I had to work pretty closely with. A female, I truly hated her. I just, th this gal, oh gosh. And she pulled the worst out of me, and there was a lot of worse in me. And so she'd come in. And by 10, 20 minutes of interaction, whatever, she's crying and I'm upstairs. I mean, what in the world? What's wrong with this lady? And I finally said, I can't love this woman. I'm sitting in the desk 
And uh, I'd see out the window. She'd park. I'd see her coming in and say, okay, God, I'm sorry. I haven't loved this lady well, I, but I can't. I know you've given me a daughter. I, I'm going to do it. I, I, I can do it. I, I know I can do it. And I'd be with her, and then 20 minutes later, she'd cry again. Oh, God, it's messed it again. And then I tried it again. About fourth day, I'm sitting there, and she dries up, and I say, God, I ain't even going there's no way I can love this woman. Now, if you want to love her through me, I accept that. But I'm giving up my ability to be able to do it. Not that I don't have a will to do it. I want to do it. I just, I know I can't. The power's not there. I'll never forget the end of that day. And I went, that lady's not crying. I was a different person today. And that's when I realized it's remember and surrender. I challenge you for the rest of your life to do what I do every day. I didn't do it today because I'm speaking on it. I do it every day and through the day as I need to. I challenge you to wake up in the morning and you say to God, I want to remember right now. And I am resolved to consider what I know. And just pause and say, I'm dead to sin. I've been united with Jesus. I've been raised up to newness of life. And then just simply say this, God, I give it to you. I surrender. You take my eyes today. You take my mind. You take my heart. Just take it all. And I'm going to take it back. And when I do, I'm going to be as quick as possible to come back and consider what I know and present it. You keep those three words in mind. I will promise you, you'll be a different human being as a Christian. Don't live by that willpower. It's very deceitful, but it isn't there. Not when you hit the hard ones, hate, anxiety, all those things. They're not going to work. Only this one's going to take you to the end, okay? Let's pray together. Father in heaven, I pray for each student here. I pray that this might be, as it was for me, a life lesson that would change me forever. I pray that might be the case among many here today and 50 years from now. And they're here as my age. They're going to be a people who say, thank you for your word that instructed me to know, consider, and present. Empower us, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen.